Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboats live stream. So we have, I think, a delicate and uh, sensitive topic tonight that deserves some thoughtful, respectful discussion. And uh, I know that there are a lot of you, of course, we're talking about abortion tonight. I think there are a lot of you in the audience that are very much pro-life. And I think there are a lot of you in the audience that are very much pro-choice. And I ask of both of you that you be willing to sort of set that aside, suspend those beliefs temporarily in order to try on and explore a different perspective. Because if you go through uh, and watch what I'm going to put in front of you tonight, I guarantee you it will change your perspective on this issue and give you some new things to think about if you're actually open-minded. Okay, so where do we want to start? Well, with Trump, right? This is from 2016 when he was debating Hillary Clinton up on stage. And well, he told us exactly what he was going to do. And it's exactly what just happened years and years later. Watch. Do you want to see the court overturned? You just said you want to see the court protect the Second Amendment. Do you want to see the court overturn Roe v. Wade? Well, if we put another two or perhaps three justices on, that's really what's going to be, that will happen. And that'll happen automatically, in my opinion, because I am putting pro-life justices on the court. I will say this, it will go back to the states and the states will then make a determination. And that's exactly what happened. Now, the pro, uh, pro-choice crowd, they're taking it very well. We knew this day was coming, people. We knew it when Donald Trump appointed three Republican Supreme Court justices who said they would uphold Roe v. Wade and lied under oath just so they could get confirmation and then overturn it once they came into power. And you know what? He's exactly right. Trump told you exactly what he was going to do. And what you're actually pointing out, what this guy's actually pointing out here, is that it doesn't matter what checks were put in place to ensure this wouldn't happen. The system, the bureaucrats, the bureaucracy, the politicians subverted those rules. The system is broken. It does not offer the protections that it claims to because it is manipulated to the benefit of those using and benefiting from the system, not for you. And of course, here's another example that just came out from Project Veritas. We need some secret sleepers. Like, we need, we need them to run as the other side, even though they're for our side. And we need right, them to win. Right. We need people to run as Republicans in these local elections. And this is- so, uh, what is she talking about there? Sleeper candidates that go in and register, they're Democrats, they go in and register as Republicans, So that why? Because they'll get elected. Why are they going to get elected? Because campaign finance reform, if it were actually properly labeled, would be called keep third parties out laws. Out laws. Yeah, not out laws, but two separate words. Because that's what they do. That's why there's only two parties. And this is what's referred to as the red team versus the blue team. You have two choices, Johnny, which are you going to be on the red team over here? Are you going to be on the blue team? Which one? Take your pick. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh yeah, if you find that the values of the blue team don't represent you, you can always switch over to the red team. Don't think outside of that box, though. And of course, we had uh, activists in New Hampshire who used exactly this. The guy registered as a Democrat was not a Democrat, went unchallenged, won the primary, won the election because the people are so stupid, they didn't even realize that they elected someone like me, an anarchist, <laughs> to the New Hampshire House. But it happened because they've manipulated and controlled the choices and limited them down to red team or blue team. Which would you prefer? And this is directly applicable to what's happening right now with abortion. Are you pro-life or are you pro-choice? Well, let's hear what Hillary is, shall we? Donald has said he's in favor of defunding Planned Parenthood. He even supported shutting the government down to defund Planned Parenthood. I will defend Planned Parenthood. I will defend Roe v. Wade, and I will defend women's rights to make their own health care decisions. And if you think that's because Hillary Clinton cares about women, cares about the little guy, and is there standing up for you, sorry, no. She's there because what happens with these aborted fetuses? Well, they take and sell them. To who? To the pharmaceutical cartels who use them for research and development of drugs and things that make them billions and billions of dollars. So that's where her position comes from on this issue. And that's really the problem here, isn't it? The whole government has been co-opted and weaponized against the very people. Of course, the people don't even recognize that fact, right? Because they're controlled and co-opted into are you option A or are you option B? And when option B doesn't get their way, they tend to get very angry like this lady. Get angry! This is atrocious! This is war on women! And that's the state that they want you in. Because people who are angry problem, reaction, solution, are easily controlled and co-opted into whatever agenda they want to push forward. See, when you have free markets, what you have is incentives to trade with others and to cooperate with others. But in governments, what you have instead is a monopoly, a monopoly on violence that amounts to a gun in the middle of the room circled up by a bunch of people. And those people then all rush for the gun in the middle of the room to pick it up. Hey! Look at me, sure. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. Did I go, boys? And wield it against their enemies. And then eventually the other team gets the gun and they point it back at their enemies and they say, we're doing it my way now. And in my way, we're going to take and grant myself some new powers to grow the government 
and use them against you. And then when the gun gets taken away by the other team, they turn around and say, guess what? All those powers you granted yourself, now they're mine, bitch. Now I'm going to use them against you and I'm going to up the ante and grow the government some more to further control you. And this cycle goes on and on and on again. And you guys are being played and manipulated for fools into a cycle that pushes ever-increasing control, ever-increasing government, and you know, it is a wealth extraction tool that leaves you poorer and destitute. You'll own nothing and be happy. And that's their plan for humanity, right? As of right now, as of this minute. In this time of our time, being that the time is now, I think it's rather past time that we... We can only talk about what Roe v. Wade protected. Past tense. This is a healthcare crisis. Because understand, millions of women in America will go to bed tonight without access to the healthcare and reproductive care that they had this morning. It's like her brain can only hold three or maybe four words. And then when it empties, she has to go back to the well for the fountain of knowledge to bring up some new words, three or four at a time, and present them. She's literally like one of the worst presenters that has ever been vice president, has to be. Without access to the same health care or reproductive health care that their mothers and grandmothers had for 50 years. So what is she saying here? They are trying to change our identity, our heritage, We've had this in place for 50 years. So what is actually going on here with the courts? Well, in fact, the way this experiment in small, limited government, which, by the way, produced the largest government in recorded history, the largest government debt in recorded history, the largest military in history, the largest nuclear arsenal in history, and the the largest polluter on the planet, thanks to the U.S. Navy, and the list goes on and on and on. I think we can pretty safely at this point call it a failed experiment, right? So this failed experiment, ah, I lost my place. <laughs> healthcare or reproductive healthcare that their mothers and grand- So what are they doing? The Supreme Court went and looked at Roe versus Wade and decided that, you know what, they got it wrong. It's up to the states. Because the way this small, limited government that failed, this is where I got lost, the way that was supposed to work 
So you have this federal government that's supposed to be, you know, small and limited. We see how well that's worked out. And then you're supposed to have 50 competing experiments known as states that are trying different things. California, they're trying socialism. As long as you don't mind stepping over needles and crap on the sidewalk, literal crap, uh, it's, it's a wonderful utopia down there. Oh, and also the $10 a gallon gas. And then in other places, they try different things. That's how it's supposed to work. And what the court has done is said, uh, you know what? We made a mistake in mandating this. This should be one of the things that's open for experiment. And of course, so should by that logic, so should gay marriage. So should, uh, you know, all of a lot of these things. So they are now trying to whip up the gay and lesbian community, the LGBT, whatever, into a frenzy, get them angry like our lady earlier so that they can be controlled and manipulated. And speaking of which... I pray you never get another restless night's sleep in your life thinking about what you did to women. This is not over. Not by a long shot. How dare you? Karma does not forget. And she may take some time to come back around, but she will get to you. Not on my watch, fuckers. <laughs> Very impassioned there. Of course, this is the, the blue team struggling to get, they lost the gun and they are very upset and they're going to need to do something. They're going to need to vote to get their party back in power so they can seize control of the gun and point it back at the red team. That's the mindless nonsense that constantly goes on because this is how governments work by design. In holding that, it is not deeply rooted in our history. Today's decision on that theory then calls into question so good. other rights that we thought were settled, such as the right to use birth control, the right to same-sex marriage, the right to interracial marriage. So they're trying to draw in as many people into this angry state your lives are about to be destroyed by these people and we need more power. You better come vote for us. That's their plan to try and remain relevant through the next election cycle. Okay. And, uh, well, there's another problem. So what are we going to do now? Are we going to surrender? Are we going to say, no, it's over. We're going back to the dark ages. No, no, stop it. We're going to show up to the ballot box in massive numbers and, and we're going to make sure women's reproductive rights return to where they belong in the hands of women, not in the hands of six Republican Supreme Court justices. Are you with me, people? Are you with me? And are you with the Democrats? If you are, you better show up to vote blue this November because everything's on the line. Do you see? how this works. And by the way, buddy, uh, maybe next time, just one line before you make the next video. Not unless we defend our most fundamental principles. We've got to fight. Blue Not team. unless we elect leaders 
who stand up for those principles. Whoops, took a drink at the wrong time there. All right. Now, one more. I want you to hear from the pro-life side, because I think Trump said that very well here. If you go with what Hillary is saying in the ninth month, you can take the baby and rip the baby out of the womb of the mother just prior to the birth of the baby. Now, you can say that that's okay, and Hillary can say that that's okay, but it's not okay with me. Or me, for that matter. Right, but why has it been pushed there? Because it started out, it was just, you know, for emergency purposes. But thanks to Planned Parenthood and others, it's turned into birth control for some women. Abortions. That is so disrespectful of life, in my opinion, and disrespectful of your bodies. I had a, a girlfriend uh, in Kansas that had a roommate who had gotten six abortions because she wouldn't practice any kind of birth control. That is ridiculous. But why do they make that okay? Again, because the pharmaceutical cartels want those stem cells. They want those organ tissues. And why would they push it, as Trump just said, up until you know a few days before giving birth? or right up to the moment of birth, that it's okay to murder a baby. It's because the organs are more developed. That's worth more money. Folks, we have a government that is a criminal enterprise, wealth extraction tool, gangs of competing criminals trying to pull off the biggest heist that they can. They don't care about you they play you for fools against one another to keep you distracted while they rob you blind, push forward their agenda, which is more power for them, more wealth for them, less wealth for you, more control over your lives. Oh, and by the way, we're going to, you know, the whole $600 transactions. Ran into that one this week when I tried to get Starlink. Got the email after being on the waiting list from day one. And uh, don't don't have the 700 and whatever dollars to get the whole thing set up and going here, but it would allow me to broadcast on three new platforms. And so what did I do? I set up a Gibson Go. That connected me with Stripe. Stripe, you know, made me jump through some hoops and verify the account to start getting deposits. Deposits start coming in from you guys. Thank you very much to those of you that did donate. You're going to find out what happened. And uh, then it says, oh, we've gotten too many deposits. Uh, we're going to need you to authenticate your account and send us pictures of your driver's license. And so I jumped through that hoop. And that, that, that's what they were saying we need you to do for payouts. And then they said, oh, because of the large volume of transactions, it was eight donations, eight transactions total. We're going to need to collect biometric ID. Now, was it a large volume of transactions? No. It was because the total donated was $750, which goes over the $600 threshold that triggers KYC and AML. And I got them to admit that in their email, that it was in fact KYC AML that these people implemented, which is just more friction, another hurdle 
to destroy small businesses, which is exactly what they're trying to do. And by the way, they can't tell me what the problem is. And they wrote and said, yeah, we can't service your account. And immediately said, we're not going to service your account as soon as the KYC AML was collected. So did they collect that and hand it off to God knows who? The federal government, because that's the new model, right? Is to use the corporations to collect data for the state. And then they're saying, yeah, uh, we're going to, we can't service this account and everybody's going to be refunded in a week. Minus our the transaction fees for the credit card companies because they got to have their cut, right? They did this whole thing backwards because they want to inject themselves into your lives. And what's the next step? CBDCs will get rid of cash. You won't have money. You won't have an account. You'll have a credit at the government bank. And the government will get to decide when you spend your money, how much money you can spend, what taxes you owe. They'll just take that right out when you get a ticket. They'll just take that right out. Can't donate to that group. They're a terrorist organization, Sam. We're going to dock you several social credit points for that attempt. And we're not going to let you spend tomorrow for the next 24 hours. That's the kind of control they're pushing to enslave us all. And you guys are so busy, distracted by the cage that they've put you in, that you haven't even recognized you're in a cage. And you're being manipulated and played for fools here. How fucking dare the Supreme Court do this shit? Fuck you, Kavanaugh. <laughs> Fuck you, Gorsuch, for lying under oath when you were confirmed, saying that you believe that this was settled. Women will die. But as long as it fits your Christian goddamn narrative, it must be correct. White women of privilege will still have access after their senators fuck them. Poor working mothers will not. Young women who are victims of sexual assault will not. Women who found out that their child is not viable in the third trimester will not. And she's right about everything that she just said there. This is taking choices away from others by pushing this kind of pro-life position you are stepping into the lives of others and making decisions for them and even though you know oh there's other states you can go to sam well not if you're poor and you don't have five hundred dollars to spend on gas and a hundred dollars for the hotel then what? These? Let's keep going. The great aspiration of our nation has been to expand freedom. But the expand... Expand freedom or government? Because we just went over how government expanded have you, has your freedom expanded recently in the last decade, in the last century? What do y'all think? Expansion of freedom clearly is not inevitable. 
It is not something that just happens. No, it's not. Not unless we defend our most fundamental principles. Vote for blue team. Not unless That's the we answer. elect leaders who stand up for those principles. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, she is the kind of leader to stand up for your freedoms and liberties. Absolutely. Trust her. It's a really important bill. Um, it declares members of groups like Ruth Sent Us and Jane's Revenge. Who? Okay, now we've got the red team rallying the troops. This is the AOC of the red team, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And what is she doing? Have taken credit for those fire bombings and, and violent attacks on these pregnancy resource centers. You know, and then also tried to, tried to kill Brett Kavanaugh. So, yes, I, I put a bill in and it declares them uh, domestic terrorists, which they absolutely are. We, we've seen groups like Al-Qaeda take credit for terrorist attacks. Well, these are also terrorist attacks, and they're meant to intimidate and scare and, and possibly murder people. Absolutely. So she's going to take and grow the government by, by designating new swaths of protesters, whatever, people doing criminals as domestic terrorists. Marjorie, did you think about who's going to enforce that? Wouldn't that fall under the FBI? The same corrupt, corrupted FBI that didn't do anything about the rigged elections? The same FBI that hasn't gone after Hillary Clinton? The same FBI that lost Hunter Biden's laptop? Or passed a false dossier as legitimate when they knew it was false? to go after and demonize Trump, that's the FBI that you're going to get to declare domestic terrorists and enforce it fairly. Yeah, that's not going to blow up in your face when the, you know, in the next cycle, when the blue team gets back in charge, is it? Brilliant fucking plan here. Let's grow the government and give them more power over our lives because blue team bad. Do you not see where this ends, folks? It ends in mass murder. Look throughout history, and guess what? We're in that phase right now. That's what these vaccines are. We're going to talk about those as part of this argument as well. Absolutely murder people and keep them from having a baby. I mean, it's all about having a baby. And so I introduced that bill and I'm gaining co-sponsor. And the, you know, the pro-life people, they've never bombed abortion clinics or anything like that, have they? And I think it's really important for people to understand. I don't think she mentioned designating them as domestic terrorists, did she? Especially my colleagues, that they need to take courage and co-sponsor this bill. These people are disgusting. They're playing you for a fool to push their agenda, to grow the state, to take away your freedoms and liberties. And you suckers keep falling for it, hook, line, and sinker. This is the first time in the history of our nation mm -hmm. that a constitutional right has been taken from the people of America. And what is that right? 
some might ask, it's the right to privacy. Oh, I see. Kamala is here to protect our privacy. That's why they want, you know, when they spend $50 billion and nobody knows where it goes and the troops don't have any weapons, they're like, what is this shit that we're being told to fight with? Where'd the money go? They don't really have the answers, but when you spend $600, God damn it, you better give us your biometric identity and tell us what the fuck you spent that $600 on. But she's, she's here to make sure your privacy rights are upheld. They spit in your face and you're too stupid to recognize it, folks. Wake up. Think about it as the right for each person to make intimate decisions. Decisions about the right to start a family, including contraception, such as IUDs, the morning after pill. Decisions about whether to have a child, including, as Senator Durbin mentioned, through in vitro fertilization. Decisions to marry the person you love. They're taking our lifestyle away. They're threatening your very way of life. Vote blue team. They're taking it, you know, really, really well too. She must have just found out. I mean, it looked very spontaneous. It's a good thing that she had knee pads on and uh, the camera was set up and recording for some reason there. That was that was nice. And then, of course, from the pro-life crowd, what do we get? We get things like this. In case you want a glimpse of the demonic mindset on display at the Supreme Court today, there's a woman standing there that says, not yet a human. And... I haven't looked into this, don't really care that much, but I would not be the least bit surprised to find out that this is exactly like the Pfizer recording where I clipped out and made it say, uh, reduce the population of the world by 50% in 20, by 2023, that this is actually someone who's pro-life. They're at the Supreme Court showing the other side, this is your position that this human being inside my belly is not a human, is not a life that's in there kicking and, and screaming. If this woman took a bullet to the head, they could cut that baby out and it would most likely survive. And yet here is the red team demonizing the other side, calling them baby killers, and so on. Mis probably very likely misrepresenting and distorting the situation to push their narrative. And it's absolutely disgusting. What is some of the alarming data that you're finding out about now with infants and pregnant women? 
Speaking of pregnancy, here's Dr. Ryan Cole. He did a recent interview with Bright Light News. This is excellent, excellent. I, I posted it on Twitter. I'll try and get it up on the other social media sites. Very much worth uh, watching. Here's a little excerpt. Yeah, well, it was never safe in pregnancy. You, you never use an experimental therapy modality on women until proven safe. The rollout and this whole propagandistic lie of, oh, it's safe and effective. You know, we're not seeing anything. These are not the droids you're looking for. Never mind the increase in miscarriages. Never mind intrauterine fetal demise at higher rates than we've ever seen. Never mind uh, fetal malformations happening now. Never mind the gal that came up to me in the last conference. They made my sister get the shot in the second trimester. Her baby was born without adrenal function and is blind. And I hear this left and right now. And never mind that there are nursing babies that have died from hemorrhage from nursing right after the mom got a shot and was making the spike. She got into the breast milk, got into the baby, and the baby hemorrhaged and died. So never mind the fact that these are not, preg uh, not safe in pregnancy. Never mind that we don't know that that spike's not going in and causing organ damage to the fetus, because it is. You know, as the data comes out, these were never safe in pregnancy and never will be because this platform is the nuclear bomb. I'll go back to that. A lipid nanoparticle plus a gene is not a safe product. And, and to your point, these agencies bypassed all their own rules. These were approved as a vaccine based on old vaccine technology. These are a gene product. The FDA in the United States and other countries didn't apply gene product requirements. Nope. So, if you're pro-choice because you want to save the babies and at any point throughout this pandemic you recommended these vaccines, it's time for you to sit the fuck down and shut up because you are not qualified to make decisions for yourself, much less for other people about their babies. Because in supporting those vaccines, you have murdered more babies than you will ever know. I guess now, according to your logic, I should call you pro-lifers who supported vaccines baby killers, right? Because that's going to win you over to my perspective, calling you a baby killer. Because that's the reality of what you've pushed if you supported these vaccines and talked someone in to taking them who might try and father a child or have a baby at some point in their life. Maybe attacking the other party is not the answer. Maybe demonizing them and labeling them demons or whatever the f other bullshit nonsense that you guys do is not an effective way to move forward on this issue. Because the politicians, they're there to label the other side terrorists, grow the government. The corrupt FBI, that's brilliant plan, Marjorie. Maybe something else is called for here. Because what this actually is, is the trolley experiment. This is an exciting day. We are going to tackle the trolley problem. Is this a game? I go first. I call blue. There's no, no this is... <laughs> No, this is a thought experiment first introduced by British philosopher Philippa Foote in 1967. The trolley problem, we're going to look at it in detail here. 
is absolutely applicable to the pro-life, pro-choice mindset. Okay? It absolutely applies to it. So, pro-lifers, here's your opponent. This will never stop abortions, ever! It stops them from being safe! It stops women from dying from them! It stops women from having back alley abortions! Or throwing themselves downstairs! All you did was hurt women! Women of color, BIPOC women, minority women, women who are in poverty, women who have to make a horrifying decision of their life versus the fetus. Most of the time, it's a clump of goddamn cells. I bet she's great at parties. And she's making valid points there. I've got the numbers. We're going to go over them later in the show. Most of these are very early on. Okay, we're going to break that down. And the other things that she's pointing out, the risks to the mothers, absolutely real. I'm going to show you some of those as well. But let's go forward with the trolley. You are driving a trolley when the brakes fail. And on the track ahead of you are five workmen that you will run over. Now, you can steer to another track, but on that track is one person you would kill instead of the five. What do you do? The five workers, those are the babies that you're going to save from being aborted. The one worker, that's the mother that's going to inevitably die because a medical procedure is denied to her by the government. You're playing God in the lives of others, deciding who lives and who dies. Think about that, pro-lifers. Think long and hard about that because I'm here to tell you and show you tonight that God does not need you to implement his will, that God is perfectly capable of implementing his will without you. Christians. So women get to relive their sexual assaults for life or are tied to their assailant. You care more about your damn guns than you do a woman's life. And she's got a point. Rape, incest. They're going to say, oh, well, those are small. Okay, well, you're choosing killing the one worker instead of the five and saying that you're morally justified in doing so. I'm sorry, Sarah. We've decided that it's you should die. Because we feel morally justified in our position in advocating your death versus these babies over here. We should be the ones to come into your life and make that decision for you. Proof! Every damn day! FYI! There are children in the foster care system that you fucks won't adopt! So- Another valid point there, isn't it? Because... Isn't that what pro-life says? Well, if you can't take care of the baby, you should just give it up for adoption. There are lots of families out there that want to adopt babies. But it turns out they don't want to adopt babies. They want to adopt healthy babies, white babies typically, young babies, not older ones. So once again, if you haven't adopted one of these babies, 
or given money to support them, some percentage of your income, sit down. Please tell me how you are pro-life. You are pro, I get my way. Exactly. There's a lot of other versions of this. Like, what if you knew one of the people? Does that change the equation? Or what if you're not the driver, you're just a bystander? Or let's throw the trolley out altogether. Let's say you're a doctor and you can save five patients, but you have to kill one healthy person and use his organs to do it. But that's not the same thing. Why not? It's still choosing to kill one person to save five, isn't it? Michael, you've been kind of quiet. What do you think about all this? Well, obviously the dilemma here. is clear. How do you kill all six people? So I would dangle a sharp blade out the window to slice the neck of the guy on the other track as we smoosh our five main guys. This is from a TV series called The Good Place. It's hilarious. I love the way that they explore this uh, trolley dilemma. Fantastic job here. But let me show you some of those on the other track that pro-lifers don't really want to look at, right? Here's an example. This is Brittany, AZ Brittany on Twitter. She says, I had an abortion. I was a prostitute strung out on drugs. There was only a small chance the child wouldn't, would have been healthy. And for obvious reasons, I couldn't have cared for it. My body, my choice. Grateful I had this available. Sad for those who want, who won't. So those of you that haven't adopted a crack baby, sit down. Here's Cheryl. I also had one while still in my teens after being molested by my mother's boyfriend. I'm thankful it was an option for me and also sorry some will no longer have that option. Here's DC uh, Foxy saying, I had four DNCs, dissection and cutting, an abortion, essentially, because I miscarried. I would not be alive today without that procedure. My granddaughter was born via IVF. She would not be here today without that procedure. A woman's right to choose how they take care of their own bodies is a woman's right. Here's Melissa Beckwith saying, I had two miscarriages and had to have DNCs with both. I almost bled to death with my first miscarriage. I would not be here today if that procedure had been banned. So these are examples of the ones, of the people you want to override. Because you think it's your place to implement God's will in these people's lives, those of you that are Christians. And why? Well, because that's what the people interpreting God for you have laid out as what God wants for you. We'll get into that later. Let's go back here. Tell me the right answer. Well, that's what's so great about the trolley problem is that there is no right answer. Uh, this is why everyone hates moral philosophy professors. I'm on your side here, dude, but he is not wrong. Okay, Michael, trust me. When it comes to human ethics, I just know more than you. I have the superior moral high ground being pro-life here and have to tell you what to do in your life. 
right? I am ordained by God, as some of these people think, to make this decision for you. And if you think I'm pro-choice here, uh, we're about to do the same to the other side. So get ready. I've been studying it my whole life. It's just that it's so theoretical, you know? I mean, you know, maybe there's a more concrete approach. Here, let, let's try this. Oh, God! Michael, what did you do? <laughs> I made the trolley problem real so we could see how the ethics would actually play out. There are five workers on this track and one over there. Here are the levers to switch the tracks. Make a choice. The, the thing is, I mean, ethically speaking... No time, dude! Make a decision! Well, it's tricky! I mean, on the one hand, if you ascribe to a purely utilitarian worldview... Okay, so, what did we learn? <laughs> exactly. It's a lot harder to sit back and say, thou shall, than it is to try it on and actually walk a mile in their shoes, right? You know, I was in this training and we were, Challenge me and a buddy were challenged to go out and find somebody that needs help. So we did. We went out in Dallas and we found somebody and we went and bought a meal and we sat down with them, sat down with a prostitute in a crack house, no electricity on. They had gas, the stove was running, providing light and heat in the apartment. And we had a meal with them. That is walking in Christ's shoes. That's what he did. He hung out with the prostitutes. He hung out with the thieves. Not to attack them. Not to label them baby killers or degenerates or anything else. But to share perspectives with them. To show compassion towards them. To try and help them choose something higher for themselves. That's the way of God, of Christ. So many of you have put these religions in place as interpreters for God. This is one of the things I like about being a Quaker. Is you have a personal relationship with God. There's no third-party intermediary. This is the great decentralization that I think we're going through as a species, and I think religion is going to be affected too. Because what these people have done is they've taken the Bible, which, you know, the early one, no pronunciation, no punctuation, didn't even have letters. It was like numbers that were translated to letters to make words. We don't know who translated it the first time or the second time. King James gets a hold of it and decides, well, hold on. Uh, we've decided that we need to be your interpreters for God and God wants you to give us 10% of your income and we'll have the rules that God wants you to follow because he is such a merciless and loving God that if you disobey him, you're going to burn in hell for eternity because, you know, that's what God would do to his children to help them grow and learn and, and evolve as, as souls is punish them for eternity and give them no chance for redemption. That makes sense, doesn't it? 
This is not a system of control that's being put on you to manipulate you just like the government's doing, is it? There are Quakers who are pacifists. There's the famous story of the, you know, the ship where a bunch of Quakers were on board getting chased down by pirates. Most of the Quakers went under, under deck to pray and uh, hope that they would get away. A couple of them decided, no, I can't do that. We have to fight. They will kill us all. And they stayed above deck. Well, they ended up getting away from them. And the ones who stayed above deck were excommunicated from the community, right? Today, we have Quakers in the military. How can that, those two things define themselves as the same? It's because these people have a personal relationship with God. And God tells some of them, hey, you know what? I'd rather have a Quaker in these, someone dedicated to peace, because that's one of the core principles is community. This show is my community, peace, uh, a, an inner light that is the divine, that is part of God, that connects us all. And one more, peace, community, inequality. And so in their view, it's, well, wouldn't you rather have someone like me in there to diffuse the situation and work out the most peaceful outcome possible? And I met a lawyer that was a Quaker in the military, and he helped one of the early conscientious objectors get discharged from the, I think it was the Navy, I think he was a JAG lawyer, from the military with an honorable discharge. Because that's what God led them to do in his life. Because there's no third party telling them, this is what God wants you to do. These are the rules that God has for you. And we've got to do God's will. God can do his own will, can implement his own will. You'll see. Dr. Levitino, we'll begin with you. Welcome. Thank you, Chairman and members of the committee. Um, I only have five minutes, so I'm going to get right to it. Second trimester D&E abortions perform between roughly 14 and 24 weeks of gestation. Your patient today is 17 years old. She's 22 weeks pregnant. Her baby is the length of your hand plus a couple of inches. And she's been feeling her baby kick for the last several weeks. Okay, now I want to point out his data set. People that go in for these kinds of abortions are the ones who wait until later. There are other options, and most of them don't make it this far. So he's giving you statistics, but that's based on who he's performing a cohort of people that come in for an abortion operation versus a pill or something like that, okay? Most of them don't make it to here, but he's giving you, this is what's typical of the ones that do. And listen real hard to this, pro-choice people, because this is the reality of your choice to take another life. She's asleep on an operating room table. You walk into that operating room scrubbed and gowned, and after removing laminaria, you introduce a suction catheter into the uterus. This is a 14 French suction catheter. If she were 12 weeks pregnant or less, basically the width of your hand or smaller, you could basically do the entire procedure with this. But babies this big don't fit through catheters this size. After suctioning the amniotic fluid out from around the baby, you introduce an instrument called a sofa clamp. It's about 13 inches long. It's made of stainless steel. The business end of this clamp is about two and a half inches long and a half inch wide. There are rows of sharp teeth. This is a grasping instrument. When it gets a hold of something, it does not let go. 
Adenia procedure is a blind abortion, so picture yourself introducing this and grabbing anything you can blindly and pull, and I do mean hard, and out pops a leg about that big, which you put down on the table next to you. Reach in again, pull again, and pull out an arm about the same length, which you put down on the table next to you. And use this instrument again and again to tear out the spine, the intestines, the heart and lungs. Head in the baby that size is about the size of a large plum. Can't see it, but you pretty good idea you've got it if you've got your instrument around something and your fingers are spread about as far as they go. You know you did it right if you crush down on the instrument and white material runs out of the cervix. That was the baby's brains. Then you could pull out skull pieces. And you have a day like I had a lot of times, sometimes a little face comes back and stares back at you. Congratulations, you just successfully performed a second trimester Dini abortion. You just affirmed her right to choose. And that's the reality of your choice, ladies. These babies are literally being ripped limb from limb and torn into pieces and murdered. And I wouldn't dare tell you, under no circumstances will you do that. And I would never, ever hope that y'all do that without very good reason. Because that's literally the process. It's horrific. It's barbaric. And it's very profitable for the pharmaceutical cartels. Of course, want reasons? Here's a few, right? So thread from Rentra Radagast. He's saying, uh, I get annoyed by people peddling the just use a condom argument. It's bad that I assume it's just meant ironically, or it's so bad that I assume it's just meant ironically. But I feel like reminding you why people have these abortions, right? Now, I've had plenty of opportunities to... Uh, create a pregnancy in my life and never did that I know of because I exercised reasonable precautions. I would ask the girl, are you on birth control? I would uh, wear a condom and practice other um, measures. Women, you can track your ovulation cycle. It's four days out of the month that you can get pregnant plus a few on the front end. Of that, how hard is it to abstain during that period or to be extra careful around that period? But the simple fact is these measures fail and that's what's being pointed out here. There's the obvious fact that contraception sometimes fails. That is the main reason. Condoms are far from reliable. Even the pill will fail from time to time. Occasionally women will be raped, in which case they could become pregnant without consent Sometimes your life changes radically during a pregnancy. You could find out, for example, that you have a terminal disease while you're pregnant. But most important, in my humble opinion, most sometimes a fetus is diagnosed with an absolutely terrible birth defect. One in 5,000 births, for example, will have Edwards syndrome. The chance of such a baby dying before reaching the first birthday is about 95%. These are the babies, pro-lifers, that you want to prohibit from being aborted. 
Requiring women to give birth to such children means sentencing them to grow attached to a baby that will then die. Parents tend to report having uh, a child die is the most traumatic experience of their life. Most relationships don't survive an infant death. You know, we have my daughter mentioned that plenty of opportunities, never had a problem, probably would have tried to push for an abortion had that happened, especially if it was early on, because, you know, in my experience, if you're a Christian, you believe in a soul. Yeah. Well, when does the soul attach? In my case, I think it was, it happened. I think it was sometime in the second trimester. I was in the bathtub. I feel this energy come in. It's my daughter. I know it's her because it's same kind of energy I have. I feel being around her today, this joy and happiness and just sweetness. We went to a massage therapist when she, when uh, my ex-wife was pregnant that was also did Reiki and did a massage on her. And like I was outside the room, but as soon as that started, I'm just like, oh, I felt like I had been drugged and laid down, passed out, out like a light. I think I went in and helped. And then as soon as it was over, I wake up and they come out and the lady tells me she's a very sweet, innocent, very happy, very joyous energy is what, what she sensed. I'm like, yeah. And I told my wife before we knew that it was going to be a girl and that she would have blonde curly hair because I like had this sense about her for a long time. And before she went and attached to the body, growing in my uh, ex-wife, she kind of came in to say hi, and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. So when does that happen? Well, science can't measure it. You want to tell me it's at conception based on what? Based on what? Are a few cells conscious? If so, when you walk on grass, you're committing mass murder. At some point, and we're going to read a story here in a little bit that outlines this, that this correlates with our experience of miscarriage because with the second child, we, we actually, <laughs> with her, we were debating, do we wait until, you know, we were getting married and all that. Do we wait until then or start trying now? We're like, oh, let's try now. It might take a little while. No, one time, done. And then decided to have another one, one time, done. But she miscarried. And that was the beginning of the end of our marriage. So it is hard. And sentencing this, wishing this on another person, a couple, a family, I think is horrific. You're dealing with babies born with intestines protruding from the belly. Their respiratory tract is so deformed a hole needs to be made in the throat to allow the baby to breathe. These babies will never learn to talk. They never learn to walk. The genitals and the intestinal tracts are generally deformed. They will typically need feeding tubes their whole lives. It's hard to avoid the impression that they exist in a state of suffering. 
They have constant seizures and they frequently suffer pneumonia from respiratory infections. And yet if they suffer, they can't uh, communicate their pain to us. Just like the kids getting these shots, huh? There are other conditions that are just as terrible. A baby can be born with most of its brain missing and a vast hole in the skull. There's a legal uh, medical term for that. The vast majority die within a year because the absent brain, your own dog, is actually more intelligent and self-aware. Speaking of which, if you are pro-life, let me tell you a little story here to consider. It's out at the farm, saw the grandkids, anyone under, not a teenager is a grandkid, basically. There were three or four of them out playing, had a big family event going on a big mound of dirt and one of them ran up and the other one ran up and I can't remember what the others did and then they ran off and kept going through the woods the next day we got three it was actually maybe four or five different calves and one of them ran up on top of the pile the other one ran up some of them circled around it and then they ran off and they were kind of playing and hopping around exactly having the same experience experiencing joy and curiosity, and wonder, and fun. And if you eat meat, don't tell me that you respect life because you pay people to take it, to murder on your behalf so you can eat these very animals. They are absolutely conscious living beings with hopes and desires and emotions and feelings. These are not rare conditions. They happen quite frequently. I don't see why we would want to sentence families to being forced to give birth to such children, giving the families lifelong traumas only for their child to die within a few months of birth and, you know, then be saddled with hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills as well. To me, use a condom or don't be a slut just reveals the limited limited understanding most people have of human biology. Nature can be very cruel and produce newborn children with deformities so hideous it would traumatize you to look at your own baby. And then there's the simple fact that our medical capacity is already stretched. People are dying. Then they end up on waiting lists for surgeries. Do we really need to bring the deformed babies into this world who will have no real um, chance to grow up and be adults even after surgery? I would generally recommend people think critically instead of just jumping on one political hype train or another. There's more than two sides to the abortion issue if you haven't figured it out yet, ladies and gentlemen. Because I can be pro-life and think these late-term abortions after the soul attaches is murder. And in most cases, it's wrong and shouldn't be done. And I can also respect the individual's right to make their own decision. These people now who live in places where doctors would face life imprisonment, the gun in the room, remember, for carrying out an abortion, this is complete insanity. And it is. I agree very much with that. (sighs) 
Okay, so that was trolley problem version number seven. Cheedy opted to run over five William Shakespeare's instead of one Santa Claus. Okay, as much as I'm enjoying watching random people's heads fly off, <laughs> I think we've taken this trolley thing as far as it can go. You might be right, Eleanor. Thank you. Let's try the doctor one. Dude, what the fork? These five people all need organ transplants or they will die. These five babies are all going to be aborted. Unless... Eleanor's perfectly healthy. Cheating. We pick Eleanor to die because we're going to refuse her a medical procedure because we don't like the way other people use it. We don't like the decisions other people make. Sorry, Eleanor. Thank you for your sacrifice. It's for the greater good. Do you want to slice her open and use her organs to save the five sick people? Cheating. Yeah, that's what's being presented. I, I won't do it. As a doctor, I've taken the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm, and although five people will die, I cannot harm one innocent person to save them and forsake my oath. It's unethical. Okay, tell their families. What? Dr. Chidi, my daddy needed a heart transplant. Did you save his life? He was working, then a really bad man ran him over with the trolley. Oh, come on! The Good Place, such a great show if you haven't seen it. I absolutely love the way they explored the trolley problem. All right, now let's look at some facts and data, shall we? Uh-oh, let me... I, Tap the screen here. Give me just a second. Okay, there we go. Ah, right here. So reason article, get ready for the post-row sex police. The Republican position on abortion is based on a fundamental belief that life begins at conception. The equation of abortion with murder can be ahistorical, but now that Roe has been overturned, such a belief has a profound implications for the people living in the 26 states that are likely to ban most, if not all, abortions. If life does indeed begin at conception, then the state has an affirmative duty to protect all zygotes, which are fertilized eggs, blastocytes, which are weak old zygotes, and embryos, zygotes which are implanted on the uterine wall. From the libertarian perspective, the implications of such a shift are staggering, ladies. Pro-lifers. You are letting the government into the uterus, into your sex life, into your bedrooms. This is a recipe not for limited government, but for one that must, in the name of protecting life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, surveil and track all acts of potential procreation. Right? How can they possibly do their job if they don't know when babies might be conceived and therefore potentially aborted if they're unwanted. 13 states have trigger laws. They ban it except to save the life of the mother or revert to laws on the books, which can be even worse. Where will the freedom of states to prohibit abortion lead? Almost certainly to more and more draconian restrictions on abortion and eventually long-settled issues of contraception, sexual privacy, and uh, the rights of gays and lesbians to sleep together and to get married. Associate Justice uh, Clarence Thomas said that, quote, we should reconsider all of the court's substantive due process precedents, including, uh, you know, three cases that dealt with 
respectively, the right to obtain con contraception, same-sex relations, and gay marriage. Why are they redoing that? Because they realized the way the system was designed, supposed to be 50 different experiments going on in these things called states, and we shouldn't be mandating and dictating what shall and shall not happen in these states. We're here to provide this limited function of mutual defense. And that's the direction that they're heading now. Governments can't prevent women from leaving their home states to procure abortions elsewhere. That's the pro-lifer idea. But, of course, there's problems with that that we just went over. Texas passed a ban on abortions at six weeks that managed to avoid federal injunction by giving private citizens rather than state agents. This is a subversion of the law. Once again, they will always find a way to do what they want and work around and subvert, manipulate, ignore the rules that they agreed to operate within. Such create a snitch workaround worthy of former East Germany is empowering residents to spy on one another. Oh, they're having, they're trying to conceive. We might need to call and then nothing happened. We might need to call the abortion police and find out, have them investigated. Was quickly adopted by states such as Oklahoma and Idaho. Surely we can expect ever-shrinking time limits on when abortion is allowed at all and expansions on who can alert authorities when conception and thus life has occurred. Contra uh, Scott, the notion that, quote, life begins at conception is hardly a conclusion grounded in faith and values, but also in science. That was, that's a claim like, again, where's the evidence? When does the soul attach? How do you know that? How can you tell someone else what they must do with their body when you can't even determine that, pro-lifers? The idea that abortion goes unmentioned in the Constitution and thus can't be protected by it is a travesty of the concept of unenumerated rights retained by individuals, right? Just because the Constitution doesn't explicitly say you can do something doesn't mean you're prohibited from doing it. In fact, quite the opposite. It's what it's supposed to be, but they do what they want because these are just words on goddamn paper. It's rare for people on different sides of the abortion debate to acknowledge the other side has a point. Absolutely, that's what we're doing in this show tonight. That's why I asked you to set your beliefs, your preconceived notions aside, and try on a different perspective. But such honesty would be welcome, especially now. It's not just welcome. It is absolutely critically necessary. Because as long as we are trapped in this red team, blue team mentality, we are holding back the evolution of the human race to move beyond controlling one another with threats of violence and actual violence into a more peaceful and compassionate society. The argument that life begins at conception is not only at odds with history, but how we all feel when it comes to miscarriages, which become far more emotionally profound the further along the pregnancy is. And that is absolutely true. True in my experience, true in most people's experience. The couples who have stillborn babies are heartbroken devastated. Having a miscarriage in the first trimester, 
not nearly as impactful on your life as holding a dead baby in your arms. By the same token, abortions past 20 weeks seem different than ones at 13 weeks or below. One reason, surely, why 93% of abortions take place by 14 weeks. In the first two weeks, 93% of the abortions are happening then. Okay, and the, the, the lady was right. You're not going to stop this. They can go, they won't, won't take the horse pace, ivermectin right, but they'll certainly go and buy the stuff, the abortifactant at the feed store and take that and do this themselves. Or they'll order the drugs overseas from India or somewhere else in the world that wants to produce it and ship it and send it in. You're not stopping abortions, you're driving them underground where they're less safe, where they're more likely to have complications and you're choosing to kill the one on the track because you're choosing to make decisions on behalf of others. You're choosing to interfere in the lives of others. And the reality is most of them are aborting when their baby is this big. It's just 1% after 21 weeks. At some point during gestation, the fetus becomes a person with a right to life and liberty, but drawing that line will always be a compromise and imprecise. And I would say, if you don't know, you don't have the right to make that decision on behalf of somebody else. You do have the right to persuade them, to give them more options, to give them more tools in their toolbox to live life and make better choices that you Uh, would find preferable to the path that they might be on. That's the Christian thing to do. Eighty percent agree. So here's the numbers, according to a poll. Now, they started doing this in 1975, where it was actually worse. Uh, Since Roe was decided with just 19 percent of Americans agreeing that it should be banned in all circumstances, two percentage points lower than 1975 when Gallup started asking the question, 80% of you guys out there agree it should be legal in all or some circumstances, which is four percentage points higher than 1975. So we've actually moved more pro-choice as a uh, collective of individuals in America. The consistency is all the more remarkable when you realize that Roe was decided When Roe was decided, 30 states banned abortion completely and only 20 allowed it under some circumstances. Of course, now it's gone too far the other way. Why? Because of the pharmaceutical cartels, because the government is for sale to the highest bidder. They are a criminal enterprise extracting our wealth. And there's a lot of money to be made in dead babies. Now in a post-Roe America, any consensus is over. The states that ban abortion will be completely untethered to anything but the most extreme arguments coming from pro-life forces who believe that life begins at conception, which makes it highly likely that some state governments will eventually force their way into every bedroom along with every examination room. When you play the red team versus the blue team, we lose as a species because the government grows bigger and bigger and bigger until it starts to collapse and engage in mass murder. And again, that's the stage we're in now. We're in a Holocaust, folks. 
Why did you end your practice of doing abortions? I did over 1,200 abortions over a four-year period in private practice, now counting the ones that I did during my training. Um, I met my wife at, um, during my first year of training at Albany Medical Center. We got married about a year later and found that we had an infertility problem. After years of failed infertility treatment and several years trying to adopt a child, we were blessed with a, adopting a, a little girl that we named Heather in August of 1978. Um, as sometimes happens in those situations, my wife got pregnant the very next month and we had two children ten months apart. Um, Two months short of my daughter Heather's sixth birthday, she was killed in an auto accident and literally died in her arms in the back of an ambulance. Anyone who has children might think they have some idea of what that feels like, but unless you've been through it yourself, you have no idea whatsoever. Um, I know people find it hard to believe, but uh, what do you do after disaster? You bury your child and then you go back to your life. And I don't remember exactly how long it was after my daughter died that I showed up at Albany Medical Center OR number 9 to perform my first second trimester d &E abortion. I wasn't thinking of it as anything special. This was routine to me. Um, but I reached in, literally pulled out an arm or leg and got sick. You know, earlier on I described stacking up body parts on the side of the table. It's not to, you know, gross people out, to use a simple term. When you do an, an abortion, you need to keep inventory. You have to make sure you get two arms and two legs and all the pieces. If you don't, your patient's going to come back infected, bleeding, or dead. And that's the risks of driving this, these abortions underground. As much as you and I may find them abhorrent and absolutely unacceptable, this is, in my mind, the trolley problem. Choosing one group to die over another, it's not your choice to make. It is between the individual and God. Um, so I soldiered on and finished that abortion. And I know it sounds, as I said, hard for people to believe, but I'm, I'm telling you straight up my experience. You know, after over 1,200 abortions, first and second trimester up to 24 weeks and all the rest of it, and being very dedicated to it, for the first time in my life I really looked. I really looked at that pile of body parts on the side of the table and I didn't see her wonderful right to choose and I didn't see all the money I just made. All I could see was somebody's son or daughter. And I stopped doing late-term abortions after that and several months later stopped doing all abortions. Thank you. Let me tell you something, folks. God is perfectly capable of implementing His will without you just like he did in this doctor's life. Of course, what are they going to end with? Right here. Not a single pro-lifer to be found for largest Democratic presidential field in history. That fucking blue team. Can you believe them? Hate them. Call them baby killers because that's going to persuade them. That's going to save babies. No. Compassion and love and forgiveness will do those things. Not hatred and animosity and judgment. And if you're a Christian feeling that way, you need to take a very hard look at your beliefs. You know, it's funny, after the last show, we talked about uh, the that Dallas drag event 
And it, that was also you know, a pretty mature discussion. And there were some people who couldn't handle it. And several of them came in and called me a groomer, labeled me some kind of pedophile. And what also happened is I had a few people, a couple people, write me and say, Sam, I'm, I feel very ashamed because I didn't realize what I was doing. I was ashamed to be a Christian and feel and respond the way that I did, and you opened my eyes. And I told the story about the death penalty that I spoke out against, and the one guy that spoke for it, after I finished my speech attacking the bureaucracy and the fact that they're imperfect and they make mistakes and they're corruptible, that guy that spoke out in favor, he came up to me and he said, hey, I just wanted to tell you, your speech changed my mind. I never thought about that. This is how you change people's minds. You sit down. You listen to them. You break bread with them. You put yourself in their shoes. You listen to their pain and their suffering. And you respond with kindness and compassion and forgiveness, Christians regardless of what your interpreters would have you do. Always pray to have eyes that see the best in people, a heart that forgives the worst, a mind that forgets the bad, and a soul that never loses faith in God. Okay. Let's go back to here. Now we're going to we're going to skip that. <laughs> Here's what's happening with the vaccines and fertility. This is from the Swiss uh, research policy. They have COVID vaccination and monthly live births graphed here and you can see it goes let me blow that up. Just a little bit there. It goes from about um 6,700 to 7,700, and these are monthly births, and there's definitely some seasonality to it, dips in the winter, uh, peaks in the summer. And then down over here on the right, you can see that there are these sort of lines that climb almost straight up and plateau at like 75%, and those are vaccination rates. And then you can see, as those peaked, what happened the vaccination rate, or I'm, I'm sorry, the uh, birth rates have dropped to what looks like 5,000 to maybe 5,500, 6,000 range. So a significant decline in monthly live births. Why is there a substantial decrease in births in Germany and Switzerland happening in both places? And it correlates nine months after the beginning of the mass COVID vaccinations. An Israeli study published in the scientific journal Andrology found a 15% decrease in sperm concentrations three months after the mRNA COVID vaccinations. We talked about that last week. The authors argued the decrease was temporary. That was a lie, but the data didn't actually show any recovery. We covered that. Thus, contrary to claims by many COVID COVID vaccine skeptics, 
The recent Israeli study didn't prove that COVID mRNA vaccination reduces sperm concentration or quality. In fact, there's currently no strong evidence showing such an effect. On other, on the other hand, a COVID infection may temporarily impact sperm quality, but this is not unexpected after any infection or disease. That being said, so it's not conclusive, right? What's going on here? That being said, new birth data out of Germany and Switzerland raises some serious questions. Specifically, both countries recorded a consistent 10 to 15% decrease compared to expectations in monthly births from January to March, April of 2022, the latest available data, precisely nine months after beginning the COVID vaccinations. Birthing data from other countries, Britain and the U.S., does not seem to be publicly available yet. Why not? I think we know why they know what it's going to show. And the CDC is corrupted and putting out fabricated data using DMEDS fabricated data. Previous studies argued that COVID vaccination had no impact on stillbirths, but independent reanalysis showed that the data does in fact indicate a 30% increase in stillbirths widespread and officially. And think about how hard that is on these mothers. This is a multi-generational problem. There are going to be babies who can, or or, um, women who can have babies and their kids will not be able to have babies because of these vaccines. That is the impact. If you're pro-life again, and you push these vaccines, this is what you've done to babies. This is what interfering in the lives of others creates. Think long and hard about this, please. A little bug. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Widespread and officially acknowledged reports of post-vaccination menstrual disorders, over 30,000 reports in Britain alone. Official reports of vaccine adverse events, including death and breastfeeding babies, over 60 reported cases in Germany alone. I think those are severe events, not deaths, but I could be mistaken. I don't think so, though. I think those are like breastfeeding mothers. The baby develops a bad rash, has some other complications and so forth. Why? Because they're being poisoned by a neurotoxic, cytotoxic bioweapon. A still unexplained transient increase in neonatal deaths in countries like Scotland. It set off the safety signal not once, but twice, remember, and they have no idea why. We don't know what's causing it. And reports by Austrian midwives of increases in irregularities during pregnancy and delivery after COVID vaccination. Now, remember on the show, we covered over a year ago, I think it was about a year and a half, that there was a OBGYN that was seeing malformed babies, one growing with its head splitting open. Meanwhile, Pfizer has never even finished its vaccine trial in pregnant women. An official Japanese biodistribution study showed that non-trivial amounts of Pfizer mRNA vaccine lipid nanoparticles do indeed end up in the ovaries, just like I talked about to the FDA. And they still approve these things in six months to five years old. But there's currently no evidence that this impacts ovarian follicular follicular function in a negative way. In conclusion, data from both Germany and Switzerland does show a substantial 10 to 15% monthly decrease in live births from January 2022 to at least April of 2022. This decrease could be due to the lockdown effects or biological effects, including COVID infections 
or COVID vaccinations that began nine months earlier. I think that's what it's showing, the latter. And I think it's going to get a lot worse from here. We are heading into children of man territory because of what these vaccines have done. And really because the government was able to manipulate you and turn people against one another and push their solution, which was genocide via a Holocaust when they used coercion to force people to take these soft kill injectables instead of walking into a gas chamber. Let's not make the same mistake with abortion. Let's not make the same mistake, Trumpers. Look at the big picture here, folks. What are they doing? Who took these shots? Well, it turns out the smartest people with PhDs and master's degrees, they took it hook, line, and sinker. The poorest people, more likely to be minorities, they took it in the lowest numbers, right? So what's about to happen? A lot of these people that took the shot, not going to be able to have babies, not going to be able to reproduce. A lot of them are going to die. What else are they doing? Bringing immigrants in by the plane load, putting them all over the country. They are changing the racial dynamic. And MAGA, ultra MAGA, ultra MAGA king, congratulations. You guys are the ignorant, controlled opposition because you're about to be made into the minority persecuted group that will then be co-opted into their agenda to fight back against your oppressors. And that will be used to justify further state controls and lockdowns and extraction of your wealth and liberty and freedoms. Because you keep going back to these people thinking that they can solve your problems. They can't solve your problems, folks. You can Meanwhile, the director of the Danish National Health Authority recently acknowledged that vaccinating children against COVID was a mistake and that they wouldn't do it again. And there's the Switzerland data. Same picture. Germany, pretty steep decline right there. And here you can see, say, uh, I guess these are Germany live births, and then these are monthly birth rate. So you can see the blue line, actual versus expected. Wait, big dip right there, a big dip. Of course, what do we see Jessica Rose telling us about the shots? Shows that COVID-19 injectable products has a dose response. More doses equals more cases, more hospitalizations, more deaths. She's got the data on it thanks to someone that did a FOIA request and she put it into some simple graphs here that I want to just cover briefly. This data was from uh, Freedom of Information requested, not offered freely uh, for the public to see. The frequency of use, uh, frequency of case reports is proportionally related to the dose. More doses, more cases. And you can see they've got zero, one, two, and greater than three doses. And over the last few, what is that? One, two, three, six weeks. The three doses cases are almost double the two doses cases, which are more than double the zero dose cases, the unvaccinated. 
what was it you said? Injected individuals are 95% less likely to get COVID-19. Let's look at hospitalizations. The number of hospitalizations is proportionally related to dose. More doses, more hospitalizations. Same thing. There's the data. Last five weeks looks like about double three doses versus two. And you can see the one and zero doses are almost non-existent at this point, one or two. Deaths, the number of deaths is proportionally related to the dose. More doses, more deaths. Same thing. Now the data is, you know, you don't have as many deaths, obviously, but it's showing the same pattern. These data fully contradict the explicatives being repeated over and over again by the FDA and the CDC. These products are not safe, nor are they effective. That is a lie. Okay. And of course, what's going on? Well, Here's a, I wrote a Substack article to the lifeboats.substack.com about the death of Dr. Sarah Beth Hartledge, who was the associate medical director, I think in Nashville, Tennessee. She was behind the big vaccination drive and, you know, we covered her interview and so forth. Well, she died in Florida, was found dead in her hotel room in Florida. They did an autopsy and determined her death was by natural causes. And I think that is complete crap. She had an autoimmune disease with her lungs. She took the vaccination, made the situation worse, shut down her body's ability, what was left of it to respond, poisoned herself, and then it killed her. And because the medical examiners in, I think this was Orlando, what was it? Uh, I think it was Orlando uh, Medical Examiner's Office didn't do the proper tests, most likely, to determine the cause of death. People who are dying of these vaccines are being recorded as natural deaths, as a heart attack, as whatever, instead of vaccine deaths. And as a result, more people are still getting these shots. So I reached out. I called Ron DeSantis. I called the Florida Surgeon General and made them aware of this. And I invite you to do the same thing. The instructions are in there. You can. I made a video of my calls. You can listen to that. You can hear what I had to say. But this is another step that we can take, that you can take to bring this to an end. And I invite and encourage you to do that. Not just in Florida, but Texas and your state and anywhere else. Because until the problem is out in the open and acknowledged, these vaccine injured are just going to continue to be gaslit and lied to and told it's in their head. These problems aren't real. It's stress. We can't, we don't know what's wrong with you because they're not looking at the vaccine because they don't want to acknowledge what they've done to these people. And so instead they're letting them die and it's being covered up and the truth must prevail. All right. One final thing here, and then we'll get some comments from you guys. If you want to, um, Jump in, share your opinion on this issue. It's going to be respectful. It's going to be courteous or I will shut you off. But you can do that on Twitter spaces, TTL Boats on Twitter. Join the spaces. You have to be on a mobile device and uh, press the button to request the microphone and I'll bring you on. I want to show you, this is Kari Lake. She's running for governor of Arizona. And this was absolutely brilliant. Someone said she's the female version of me. 100% agree. Hi, 
Hi. Hi. Nice you, to see you. Can you, I walk you don't have a mask on anymore. <laughs> so she's shaking hands there with the CNN uh, anchor who's asking her, oh, you have time for an interview? Yeah, no, I don't have the mask on. Wow. Well, we're six feet apart. <laughs> Do you have a minute to chat? And you can see she's sitting there holding her hand. Do you have a minute to chat? Do you have a minute to chat? This is absolutely a boss move here. I'm going to explain why in just a minute. Um, I'll do an interview. Okay. As long as it airs on CNN Plus. Oh. Does that still exist? Yeah. I didn't think so because the people don't like what you guys are peddling, so, which is propaganda. Thank do you. you. Do you... <laughs> Hi, Harry. Hi. Boss move. Holds her hand. What does that signify? Keeps holding it. She's shaking her hand, telling her, oh, yeah, I'll do the interview with you. Still holding on to her hand. This interviewee is like, this lady is like, oh, yeah, I've got her. She likes me because that's what that shows. It also can be a sign of dominance, but she's lulled her into a false sense of security with, yeah, I'll do the interview, and then comes out with the one-two punch, and it was absolutely brilliant. This is how we need to address politics and these people pushing this kind of misinformation. Call them out for what they're doing. When you see injustices happening, like that Dr. Sarah Beth Hartledge getting classified as natural causes, come on. Do your damn job, Ron DeSantis. Clean up your own house. It's great that y'all get up on the podium and make a big show out of standing up to the federal mandates and doing this and that. But frankly, it should be you should be pretty embarrassed that that's what's happening on your watch in your medical examiner's offices. That these deaths are being covered up. You're doing a huge disservice to the people you're claiming to serve. So, all right, there we go. That is it. That's all I've got. Um, yeah, we're not, we'll skip that. Save that for later and some economic stuff and there's other things, but I'm going to wrap up there. I hope I gave you guys some things to think about. Those of you that are still here, thank you for sitting through this and suspending your beliefs. I probably upset a lot of you. And I think I probably gave a lot of you some real things to think about. And here, I just want to check something real quick. Um, we talked about CBDCs. Yeah, that was it. Those were the points that I wanted to make about this. We have to move beyond option A and option B put in front of us and start creating our own options, start stepping out of that paradigm and start evolving as a human race. You know, in a voluntary society without this one size monopoly must fit all government where they throw a gun out in the middle of the room and everybody fights for it and uses it to point at the other team and tell them I'm the captain now. Maybe we can learn to work together. Maybe we can allow differences of opinion. Maybe we can respect the individual enough to know that their choices in their life should be between them and God. And that it's not your job to implement God's will by making decisions in the lives of others. All right, folks, I'm Sam. I am. We'll catch y'all next broadcast. Thanks everyone.
free your mind. Free Julian Assange. R.I.P. Black the Ripper. Let's go. Long time the world's been ran by a load of liars. How do you expect me to believe in coronavirus? 9-11 was a lie so you could start a war. Now you're lying again to try and bring in martial law. Fuck the system, I will fight for my freedom. And fuck all my rats cause right now I don't need them. The world's going mad cause it's ran by some demons. Donald Trump or the people, who do you believe in? It's time for revolution, we need to fight for peace Something's going on, it doesn't sound right to me No point in that tonight, this shit don't bother me When the situation's fucking up the economy I've had enough and I don't give a fuck now You think you can keep the whole world on lockdown? Zionist Jews run the world, but they're fake Jews They control the media and they tell us fake news Free the world, Free the world. 